What's up, everyone? All of our Liberty-loving friends, this is Nate with Good Morning Liberty. Charles, the co-host, is not here, but I am sitting here with LP presidential candidate Lars Mapstead. Lars, how you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Well, I am excited to meet you. This is our first time, and I've been asking, I was asking Brian, I've been asking around, like, who are some of the LP candidates? Uh, because I'm not exactly liking what I'm seeing with the other parties, and I'm excited to meet a new person and learn about some of your ideas. If if no one listening uh, has heard of you before, why don't you give everyone the, the rundown on who yep. you are? Well, you know, I, part of my story is I grew up really poor. I grew up with no electricity in an outhouse. And, um, wait, and, no, hold on, hold on. Sorry. Sorry. When people say they grew up poor, they're like, you know, we did, we had dial up internet, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. no electricity in an yeah. outhouse. Yeah. Okay. That's a, yeah. that's another level of poor yeah. story. We sorry. lived, um, actually in my, my family had built a very small little shack in the mountains of big Sur, California. And that shack later became the goat barn. So often I say I lived in a goat barn. Growing <laughs> up. Uh, Not many people can say that. So you know, and so it's really kind of a crazy juxtaposition that I ended up in high tech. And so in the 90s, I discovered the internet and I discovered that I had a knack for marketing and computers. And, and I started a whole bunch of internet companies and, you know, bought, sold them and, and just kept rolling with new companies, all kind of bootstrapped, uh, for, you know, from my own ingenuity, didn't have any formal training or anything. And then I ended up owning a company called FriendFinder Networks, which is a large dating site, mm -hmm. basically on the internet. And we grew that company to 600 employees doing 350 million in annual revenues. So it was kind of a long stretch <laughs> from the goat barn to, to the corporate world. So you started starting those companies, you said, in the 90s, right? Yeah. Was anyone telling you that you were crazy, this whole internet thing, you know, this is a fad, not going to take off, this is nuts? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, when it first started, the internet wasn't really commercial. It was mm. this idea of free thought and free communication and, the, and a knowledge base, right? And so when it started to get commercialized, I really was a little bit in awe of it. And, and, but I embraced that and was able to really excel with the commercialization of it. So I'm curious, growing up the way that you did, were you always a libertarian? Because some people who grow up in that situation, they tend to think that people should be forced to to help you out. Yeah. Well, I'm, I definitely had, you know, in the early days, I had meal tickets at school. Mm -hmm. And I was always jealous of the kids that had bologna sandwiches. And I was stuck with the meal ticket. And, and people made fun of me for mm -hmm. my clothes and for, you know, I had uh, pants with patches on them and that sort of thing. And, and you know, it's... It's interesting, you don't really know that stuff until somebody else points it out to you. Like, you're fine with it until somebody else tries to belittle you and tell you you're not a good person because you don't have money or you don't have the, the right thing. And so uh, it's been a very interesting, like I said, uh, dichotomy, being, you know, being totally poor to really meeting an insane success, really. Yeah. And, and so with, did you develop kind of that libertarian mindset later on in life was there any catalyst for that well i you know growing up in the in the canyon that i grew up in i called myself king of the canyon and it was just uh you know free free reign to do whatever you wanted and mm. so when i got to school and they started telling me how to behave and what i had to do i think you know even from third grade i was kind of had libertarian leanings right uh i didn't really discover that i was a libertarian until uh, Gary Johnson's campaign and I took a quiz online. Uh, I had never felt represented. Mm. I never felt like the Republicans or Democrats really had what I wanted and I rarely voted for them. I, I voted for Ross Perot uh, mm. I, and then I voted for Ron Paul. And, okay. You know, that sort of thing. 
So you always uh, weren't really going with the mainstream. You were looking for something else the whole time. No, none of the people I ever vote for win. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. I definitely know the feeling. Um, so <clears throat> what is kind of your philosophy and in what ways, since I, this is our first time meeting, uh, in what ways would you be different from some of the other people that are running? Yeah, well, I think, you know, one of the skill sets that I have is I'm good at solving problems. I'm good at kind of thinking outside the box, coming at things at a different angle than other people come at them, and just kind of uh, systematically coming to a decision-making process. And so I feel like that is a skill set that's needed in, in American politics. We need kind of, and I come from a common sense kind of background, right? Mm. I come from this basic background of, you know, I understand what regular folks are going through, and I also understand the corporate world. So I feel like I can kind of be a bridge between those things. Uh, there's something nice about being an entrepreneur, too, and someone that's building things, is that, that things actually have to work. You can't just use, uh, say, rhetoric or false promises, yeah, and yeah. and then it's just fine, and you turn it on and it works afterwards. It has to be real. And so you kind of have that common sense mindset of of doing things. I've noticed that with a lot of people who, who build companies. Um, I wanted to ask, I saw a picture, I believe I saw a picture of you wearing a, a Bitcoin shirt, okay. potentially. Yep. Okay, so, yep. uh, you know, people talk a lot about crypto. What I'm concerned about are the CBDCs. Have, oh. you, uh, have, you, have you given any thought to those? <laughs> yeah, very okay. much so, right? <laughs> uh, I think, you know, I, I oppose CBDC like like crazy. I think mm -hmm. it's one of the worst things that's, uh, you know, it's, it's right up there with the uh, invention of the Federal Reserve. It's right up there with the invention of the IRS. Uh, it's it's a complete grab at our liberties and our freedom, and I want to not see it uh, come into action. Unfortunately, I think it's coming. And uh, if I am president, I definitely would be opposing that. I think that we need to be moving toward a more decentralized currency system as opposed to a over oversight system that the market itself does a better job at fixing the problems that are out there than than a centralized government, uh, you know, playing God. We haven't spent a ton of time on the CBDCs. Actually, we've only talked about them a couple times. So uh, this is a good opportunity for me to ask you, what are the dangers of the government deciding to yeah. create something like that? Well, we've all heard of the social score, right? Mm. Like, and, and they have this in China. You literally have on your phone a red, green, or, uh, or, or yellow kind of symbol on your phone, and that tells you what areas of the city you can go into, what buses you can get on, what food you can buy. And the CBDC is essentially a system to track every single purchase that you make. Every purchase that everybody makes in America would be tracked, and, and then they can decide, well, you know, you bought this magazine, and we don't like people who buy this magazine, so therefore you don't get to you know, eat food this week, or you don't get to get on the bus this week. And so it's a huge grab, authoritarian grab, to tell us how to live our lives, which I'm completely opposed. I've seen a lot of people liken it to, uh, say, in Canada, them turning people's bank accounts off uh, when they didn't like the trucker protests going on. I think that would be a really easy thing for them to do. And of course, they would never do that. It's only for your safety <laughs> and to make things more efficient. They've always got the best intentions uh, in mind. Now, what can a president do about this kind of idea? How, how do they stop this? Well, I mean, obviously, the power of veto, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I'm, the real question is, will the Federal Reserve just push this through? And will it just become a thing without any congressional uh, input, which would be really scary. Uh, and, but I think that Congress is going to have to be involved. And so as president, if a, you know, a bill comes across my desk that's CBDC, it's going to be vetoed. And, and it's unlikely to get two-thirds vote from, from Congress. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Folks, it can be tough to know which direction to take in life. For example... 
You might think doing this podcast was an easy move, but it wasn't. It takes a willingness to work crazy hours, read people's differing opinions, and make, well, what you might expect a mid-level libertarian podcast to make. But what gets me through is knowing I'm being true to myself and my values. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Therapy has made a huge difference in my life, and co-host Charlie has used BetterHelp for years. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash G-M-L. What are some of the other than other than crypto and digital currency? What are some of the other major platforms or issues that you're yeah. out there talking about? So, you know, essentially, the I feel like the system is rigged. And so I'm running on unrigged the system, right? Everybody has when I say the system is rigged, that probably brings something to your mind right? Like there's something that you think, yeah, the system is rigged. Maybe it's healthcare. Maybe it's the criminal justice system. You know, maybe it's the voting system, right? Um, and so what I've kind of come to is that our, everybody's pissed off about the voting system. Everybody thinks the voting system is rigged in America. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, there's different reasons you think it's rigged, but you think it's rigged. And I don't think that we can have a republic that lasts if people don't trust the voting system, if people don't have trust in, if they think it's corrupt, then they lose faith in it. And then they are not part, they're not no longer part of the system, right? Because they don't feel like they have buy-in to the system. Mm -hmm. And so I want to go to the very basic level and start fixing our electoral system, right? Uh, free ballot access for everybody, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, independent, it should all be the same. Everybody should have the same access to getting on the ballot. And right now that system is completely rigged against third parties and independents. It's in some states, it's impossible to even get on the ballot. I'm from Tennessee. And so I know that as a libertarian, you need 56,000 signatures to get on the ballot, and I believe it's 25 for Republicans or Democrats. Right, that's absolutely so, insane. And so yeah. this is that's kind of where I'm going, is the system isn't fair, right? I like a fair system. I want a level playing field for all Americans, whether you're rich or poor. Uh, I want everybody to have the same opportunities, just like I did, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking at that. So like I said, uh, ballot access reform, I like ranked choice voting because it allows to get rid of the spoiler effect that, oh, I can't vote for you because the other, ba the other bad guy will win if I vote for you. You, right. So I like that. Uh, I like term limits. I don't think that public service should be a career. I think it should be, you know, you get in, you do your thing and you get out. Uh, primaries, I, you know, right now, Americans, taxpayers pay for Democrat primaries and Republican primaries. Those are corporations. So we're literally taxpayers are paying for corporations uh, to pick their candidate, right? <laughs> and so, I, and as an independent, I don't want to pay that tax. I, I don't want to yeah. pay much of any tax, really. But that's that's one tax that I don't want to pay. Uh, so what about the actual voting uh, while we're talking about that? that uh, an issue is with tabulation, actually yeah. knowing that the votes are real. And, and like you said, if we can't trust that the votes that we're seeing are even real, we essentially become a country that doesn't even have an election. The, a lot of these countries where they we struggle, and of course we bring them democracy through peace, and, um, and then they have elections after that. Uh, but beforehand, the people felt like they had no voice. They kind of had a dictatorship. And I don't want America falling into that, and it seems like we're heading that direction. I think mail-in voting added to that quite a bit. Is there a solution? Do we just go back to what we had 
no, beforehand? No, because beforehand we had hanging chads, right? <laughs> and uh, and so, the, you know, I'm a big states' rights guy. I, I believe that the states should have say over most things and the, gov- and the federal government should be as minimal as possible, mm. right? But for federal elections, I think there can be a case made that there should be uniformity across all states for federal uh, for federal positions, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that would lend a lot of credibility to trusting the system, right? If everybody knew that this state wasn't, you know, jury rigging it, and you know, we we have gerrymandering, which is another thing I want yeah. to get rid of, right? And so you know, I haven't, you know, there's some talks of maybe doing, uh, um, you know, some kind of crypto. Uh, you know, blockchain, blockchain voting, voting is, 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 is a thing, and there, you know, there's a bunch of companies that use blockchain voting for governance, right? There's mm-hmm. a, there's a whole bunch of that kind of stuff. So that may be one interesting factor to come down the road. I, I just want to make sure that everybody feels represented and that that no one is left out of the system because we can't. Like I said, it, it gets very divisive. If you don't feel that you have buy-in to the system and you don't feel the system is working for you and you can't affect it, then you're you're lost, right? And you just, you lose hope, right? And we need hope in America and we need trust in the system to, to make America the strongest it can be. When you say we need hope in America, I was listening to someone talk about the American dream the other day and they yep. said it was dead, it doesn't exist. And uh, so many people have different ideas of what that even is in the first place. Um, how do you, how do we bring hope to America in the future? Because a lot of people are pretty pessimistic, nihilistic about it right now. Yeah, and as well they should be, right? Yeah. Because this system is rigged in so mm. many ways against uh, against people. You know, one of the things that I'm really like looking towards is is changing our tax system, right? Um, payroll taxes are crazy, right? Payroll taxes keep everybody down. It's a way of just kind of keeping workers just you know, suppressed essentially. And if people had that money and can invest that money in their future, uh, that would lift a lot of people up and give people a much uh, better lifestyle, right? So uh, ending taxation, letting you keep 100% of your paycheck is definitely on the top priority for me. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize the payroll taxes actually mean that uh, you, you probably take a lower salary or a lower hourly wage because yeah. the, the business has to pay the, the other side of it and it's coming out of your check as well. And they don't account for that when they look at what they're actually uh, getting paid versus what they could be getting paid. And uh, yeah, I, re- I really like that one. Um, the other thing I was wondering, I don't know where you're at uh, on this, but what's a libertarian's, uh, do libertarians have a job talking about cultural issues or should we should we stay out of it? Should we get involved? So pers- for me personally, I don't like culture war issues. I feel like the culture war issues are actually fanned by the politicians that that are running right now that are in in congress right now or or that are in office and they fan those flames because they're great ways of fundraising right uh and they and they really fire up the base but i feel like that is part of the reason we have division in america is is each group uses government coercion to force the other group to behave the way that they want to and they both feel righteous and moral high ground in their in their position but they hate it when the government force is used against them and they feel outraged, right? So I think the answer is just to reduce government coercion across the board and figure out how to work together in a more peaceful manner than them being so divided and so toxic. And a lot of these issues are never going to be solved because they're moral issues and you're not going to change other people's minds uh, the way that they think. And in fact, uh, from what I've seen, the more you try to change, the more you try to change people's minds, the more entrenched they get in those ideas and yeah. fight even harder yeah. against you yeah. afterwards. Um, all right. So I want to ask 
uh, before we finish up here, day one, you get elected. That's amazing. First libertarian yeah. elected president. So congrats on that. What are you going to do? Well, I've got a few people that I want to pardon straight away. Okay. Ju- Julian Assange, uh, Albright, and uh, Snowden okay. would, be, would yeah. be three things on the top. And the government has a book called the, uh, the Plum Book. Okay. And it's four, the Plum Book is 1,400 positions that the, that the president gets to appoint. Some of them have to be at Congress behest, but a lot of them don't have to be. And so I'm not going to be appointing those people. Uh, if, the, if the Congress thinks that those people are useful and, and are needed, then they can create new laws around that. But I'm not going to be appointing those people. We'll figure it out later. That will save the government a lot of money straight yeah. away. And it will reduce a lot of the government coercion because there won't be a government right there. <laughs> I like that. The plum, I've never even heard of that book before, so that's something new I need to look up. All right, so where can people go to support your campaign and get involved, all those things? Yeah, absolutely. So Lars24.com is my website. You can find me on Facebook, Lars for President, on Twitter, at Libertarian Lars. Uh, and yeah, so it's, you know, I'm very active on Twitter and, and Facebook. I just followed you last night. I can confirm he's very active on Twitter, so go check it out. All right, Lars, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much.